information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. This is a Battle Mountain Podcast from the archives. This is Brandon Williamson. And this is Hannah Harold. So, Brandon, thank you for hopping on the podcast with me tonight. Um, I am happy we have you on. I've known you for, what, a little over a year now, I think. Um, but I think you've got some good experience in tournament archery that you can share with everyone. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, to give everyone kind of a background of, of who you are, um, you want to talk about maybe how long you've been shooting tournament archery, how you got started into it, and and maybe who do you shoot for now, or what's your main focus in tournament archery? Yeah, I can do that. Um, I've been shooting archery for about 20 years. It started out as a hobby with me and my dad, and about eight years ago, when my brother was working at an archery shop, and I seen all the target stuff he had, and I get, got me interested in trying archery for more than just hunting purposes. So I did what every college student did. I bought a bunch of stuff off eBay and pieced some stuff together and started shooting and enjoyed it and slowly just got better equipment and started traveling to more tournaments. It started out really local, just your normal shoots, having fun with the family, with the friends, and it slowly got more and more competitive and it just, I think it eventually just gets into your core where you love to compete and you love to shoot your bow. So why not do both? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been, I'm shooting for prime still. I love their equipment, love the way they treat their shooters. Just, I don't know. I just love their art, their archery equipment. So they yeah, they really do seem like a good company and and I personally have never shot for prime or shot I think I've shot a prime just a couple times at the range but I hear nothing but great things about them. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Anyone that I know that comes and becomes gets on the prime staff just they're amazed on how well they're treated by prime and to me you feel part of like the family just the way they treat you and you're just not a number. You're a person and a face, and they treat you really well. That's good, and, and that's always really good to have in, in an archery community or an archery setting is that I feel like you, you see that a lot in archery. Maybe not all the companies treat their, their staff like that, you know, in as great of a way as Prime does, but I think that there is a lot of family, you know, community-style stuff in archery. Yeah. So you said... for me, that's still a big thing oh, I do out here on the West Coast. Is I travel a lot with my dad still and my brother, and we go hit up local shoots with other friends and families, and we take the motorhomes or trailers and camp out and just have a good time for the weekend, just, just more laid back, just having fun shooting my bow. So we're still, we still do a lot of that as a family. That's great when you can make it a family thing. Um so you said you got started out with with smaller local tournaments. Was that also when you when you got started into tournament archery? Was that a family thing as well, or does anyone else in your family shoot tournaments with you? Um, my dad and brother still shoot some of the local stuff. They don't like my dad's gone to Vegas for the last 
15, 16 years. But other than that, that's about like he'll just hit up the local stuff besides Vegas. Yeah. Well, now that you've, you know, kind of transitioned from shooting local tournaments to shooting, you know, professionally for prime and, and traveling to more tournaments, what are some of the, the main tournaments you go to every year? Um, Vegas is always one of the ones top had one on the list and everyone wants to make a shoot off in Vegas, even though I don't consider indoor archery. I wouldn't say necessarily my favorite, but not my not where I excel the most. So it's still a challenge and I like going, but I try and hit Redding every year. Redding's always one of my favorite shoots. It's a great tournament. And then, of course, I went to OPA this last year. That was a lot of fun. I plan on going there again this year. And then I want to try and make all the USATs, which lately every year I'm in a wedding or two on (laughs) one of the weekends of a USAT. So I haven't made all four yet, or four of the five even yet because of that. But so far this next year, it looks clear because the two weddings I'm in aren't on those weekends. So Well, that's good. Well, so let's see. Out of the tournaments you listed, you've got one in Vegas. Uh, Redding is up in Northern California. Um, and then you have the USAT shoots, which are Florida, Texas, um, what San Diego, and Arizona. And then Nationals is in, was it North Dakota, South Dakota, North Dakota, one of the Dakotas? No, Nationals is. No, Nationals were in Indiana last year, and they're oh. going to be in Indiana again this year. And there's no shoot in Texas, as far as I know, for next year. It's going to be in Indiana also. Oh, they're changing it up. So, um, okay. Well, then also. Yeah, so it sounds like to Indiana, like back to back weeks or something, every or two weeks apart, something like that. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And then the OPA. Remind, OPA is held in the Midwest somewhere. What state is that in? It's in Pennsylvania, actually. Oh, you're, I'm thinking of something else. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Well, okay, so the the gist of it, though, is you travel pretty much all over the country for these shoots, pretty much every corner of the U.S. Yeah, pretty much I try to, or at least get to the ones that make sense to me. So then when you go to these tournaments, I know I, I've traveled to some tournaments and whether you fly, whether you drive, whether, you know, it's even even ones that aren't too far from your home, they still end up being pretty expensive to go to, don't they? Yeah, it's <laughs> not a cheap sport, that's for sure, for at least traveling purposes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything cheap about archery. Everything about the sport is expensive. <laughs> Yeah. So when you go to these tournaments, what do you do to, I mean, obviously I think there's very, very few archers that can, you know, make a good enough living off archery that that just supports them full time and and gives them the ability to travel. I mean, most archers like you, like me, like a lot of the archers I know have other full time jobs. Um, We're unfortunately just not rich enough to be able to travel and do archery full time. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you do then? Um, yeah. It's... No, go ahead. Uh, what do you do to, when, you, when you're traveling to really 
make it as affordable as possible. I mean, anywhere from looking at the plane tickets to hotels to, I mean, what are your, what are your tricks of the trade to make it affordable? So you can go to all of these tournaments you want to go to. Um, the biggest trick that I've found, at least for like USATs that I use and even a lot of the other ones is you got to make friends (laughs) and, friends will help you share a rental car like this last year in Indiana and in uh, for nationals and down in SoCal for the SoCal showdown like five or six of us got together we um, used like an Airbnb and rented a house mm-hmm. and for I think for we were there in nationals I think we were there for four or five nights and it came out to like 150 bucks a person for the five nights which is relatively cheap oh yeah that's awesome yeah and even down in san diego we were right on the beach and down in imperial beach and i think we paid i think it was 170 bucks a person for three nights so you got to find people you got to look online find somewhere decently close to the shoot uh you got to find your plane tickets it seems like at the right time because a lot of like the people in the Midwest say drive because they could drive almost anywhere in 12 hours to a shoot, it seems like. Yeah. And because like I live in central California and to drive down for SoCal in San Diego, it's still an eight hour drive for me, eight and a half. And I don't ever leave the state. So, I mean, which with me driving down there made it nice because it was one less car people had to rent and it just the more friends you make and the more depends on what kind of places you find with Airbnbs is makes it affordable. Cause like I said, I work, I'm a nine to five I work every day, 40 hours a week. And for me, it's a big thing of budgeting money for travel and my vacation time for what tournaments I want to go to. And I'm at my job. I'm on call too. So I have to, sort of plan out or see if someone will switch with me for on call weekends. But, and it's tough because you got to figure out, I have so many vacation days and you got to plan them out. So you, I don't want to have to take an unpaid day off. So I got to plan them out for these tournaments and make sure I could go to the ones I want to. Cause if not, I'm not going to, Especially if I don't want to go to it, I'm not going to waste my vacation to go to shoot that I don't think I'll either do well or I just don't like where it's at or the format. It just uh, makes me a little picky on what tournaments I do go to. Yeah, and that makes sense, especially when you know you have maybe out of 10 tournaments you want to travel to in the year, you have the resources to go to six of those or something. You know, having to select, okay, which six do I really want to go to? Yeah, well, it's like a, eventually I'd like to go to Nimes, which is coming up, but it's in France. Uh, it's gonna burn almost like a week of vacation. Indoors isn't my strongest suit right now. I'm, it's slowly getting better, but and so it's just not on the tables for me right now. I'd like to go eventually, but it's not a cheap trip. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. It would be a fun tournament to go to, though. Oh, yeah, the atmosphere. I always watched online, the atmosphere, and just everything looks like it's a blast. And just It's not on the tables right now. And it's like 
I do. Actually, I have one of my customers help me out with some travel money, which is nice, but it's still, you, you spread it out as far as you can, but it still doesn't, unless you got someone with deep pockets helping you out or this is your job and just depends on there's other varying factors there, but it's tough to go to all these shoots and I don't have enough vacation time to go to like 10 shoots. I pick about the six or seven that I could go to and finagle my vacation time and do what I can. A lot of late flights, early morning flights, just so I don't have to burn a day of vacation flying. Oh, yeah. I, I did that for Vegas this year. I had a, a flight out after work, and then I actually – my flight left Vegas last year Sunday evening and so i just basically had to pray to god that i did not end up with a late shooting time on sunday and luckily i didn't i had a morning shooting time sunday but you know it could have not worked out in my favor and i went full well knowing that there is a possibility i might not get to shoot the last day um and i was okay with that because like you you know indoor is not my strong suit that was my first indoor tournament ever but it was one of those those bargains where I was like, I don't have the the time off. I had just started a new job. I was like, I can't ask for a bunch of time off, you know, within a few weeks of starting. So I just knew I, I might have to give up that last day of shooting to get back to work in time. Yeah. And like for me this last year, like I had spent a little over a year now, but I had a pacemaker surgery and they cut me open my left chest and I couldn't lift my arm for nine weeks. So I didn't know what to even expect for this archery season or this last one, just because I didn't know if I'd have my strength back, how well I'd be able to shoot. So I didn't really have expectations on what shoots I was going to go to. I was just going to play it by ear because I didn't start shooting a bow until almost January. So it's just, and I stopped consider myself about 90% like healed, like getting my strength back. Like the scar still sort of hurts where my, where they cut me open after I shoot sometimes. But I mean, you just got to, I'm glad you're healing. (laughs) So then when you travel to these tournaments, you, you said that you do Airbnb a lot and that's, you know, definitely cheaper than a hotel. When you do Airbnb, if you rent out a whole house, that also means you get access to the kitchen and everything too, right? And then maybe you don't have to eat out as much, can actually buy some groceries and, and cook a little bit while you're there. Oh, exactly. I mean, most of these places are fully stocked with pans, dishes, plates, everything you'd want. And we cook, we figure out a menu we go grocery shopping like the place in san diego had a barbecue on the patio on the second story overlooking the beach so we barbecued and you have a good time you don't have to worry but it's i don't know it's just you don't get the noise of the hotels either of people up above you in the room or below just to me it's just it's a lot more relaxing to me yeah absolutely i mean when you get all the amenities of living at a house, you know, a full kitchen and, you know, a beautiful beachfront house like you had in San Diego, but it's even cheaper than a hotel. I mean, I'd say that's a pretty awesome deal. Yeah. And to me, it's like as long as you're within, I don't know, 20 minutes of where you're shooting, it's not too bad. And most time we could find somewhere pretty nice within 20 minutes. It's just you got to find find a group of people that you could room with or share a house with and get along and 
I feel like I have about five or six people that we do that very well with and sort of making plans for 2018 already on places to stay and figuring out what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So do you, I mean, do you know of any way that, that archers are able to find people to stay with? I was thinking about this before our, our call this evening, but for the newer archers who maybe don't have that group of friends at tournaments, I I don't think there's any like platform or anything where archers can be like, hey, I'm looking for a roommate. Do you know of anything like that? Not besides just social media, unless you Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it something like that. I know like the Archery Association of America, they're starting to do helps try and get discounts for archers like with rental cars and um uh rooms at hotels and whatnot so if you become a member of that they give you like there's links on their website for for rental cars and whatnot for different shoots and places to eat if you are eating out so that helps too yeah absolutely um so then when you're traveling, you know, obviously besides the the typical costs of of the flight, the hotel, the you know, any food or meals there, um is so one of my I guess concerns I always have is when I'm flying somewhere with my bow, do you do any anything special to make sure your stuff gets there? Do you pay for like extra baggage so you can spread things out beyond, you know, through a couple of bags or how do you make sure that your equipment gets there safely? Yeah, because I am on a budget, I still fly somewhat cheap. I call it, I still fly Southwest most of the time. So my bow is free. Um, plus, because you get two bags free, so I'll check, and then I'll have my one carry-on, which most of the time I put my binoculars in my carry-on, and sometimes my sight just depends on where I'm going, I guess, I don't know. But, like, the one biggest thing that, like, I do is on a lot of, like, my bow, I zip-tie my bow so they couldn't draw it back if they opened my bow case up, I zip-tie it, um... I'll zip tie some of my zippers inside my bow case too, so they can't really open them and stuff fall out. Because I've had open my bow case before and just stuff's a mess, stuff's everywhere, and it sort of irritates me when it's like you could see everything you wanted to see, but you have to make a mess. Yeah, <laughs> like they they put their hands in there and just tossed everything around for the fun of it. I see that a lot with the TSA. Yeah, and then, like, I use an Aurora case, and I use their canvas bag that you could buy, and they always take it out, and then they put it in backwards, so then you can't use the wheels, so then I get a little irritated, because i got to take <laughs> it back out and flip it around. Huh. But the the zip ties around the the bowstring that I think that's a really important trick to know is because you get people who who don't know anything about archery and they're curious about it and they're like oh this looks cool I've never drawn back a bow and draw it back and, and dry fire it because they they don't know any better and I mean obviously I've heard horror stuff like that but I've never had it happen to me and as soon as I heard that story once. I was I'm just tying my bows from now on, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, TSA shouldn't even be pulling stuff out and messing with it, but, you know, people are, you know, there's always that bad apple who decides that it's their opportunity to play with your toy and and dry fire it. 
That's like one of the things too. There's I can carry on a lithium battery, but I can't have it in my checked luggage. So I you have a guessing battery. You're not supposed to have them in your checked baggage. They're supposed to be in your carry-on. Yeah. I've had to go yeah. through my bag once before because they're like, well, do you have any lithium batteries in there? And I'm like, well, I got one battery, so I had to tear the one battery out of my bag. Oh, jeez. Yeah. What else do you put in your carry-on? I know when I travel with, with my bow gear, I usually have my binos. If I have a rangefinder with me, my rangefinder, my release, and then I usually take my side off my bow and put it in my carry-on. What's, what's your you know go-to carry-on accessory list? Uh, most of the time I always bring my laptop because I'm either sleeping or watching movies when I fly. Um, headphones. Uh, like I said, binoculars. Most time, I don't. I leave my release and my sight in my bow case because I'll put it. I'll tear the like the sight all apart and put it in the padded case. And I just really leave my release in the quiver. I've never had a problem with that. Um, I can see the points of taking them out, but I've just never had a problem with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think what else that I put that I take out of there. Um. Yeah, most of the time it's just the binoculars because that's something easy they can just grab and you never know yeah. type deal until you open your bow case up. Yeah, and for me it's you know I I feel like my release is so such a critical piece of my shooting. You know it, it's what I'm used to shooting, and so if I were to lose my release or if the TSA were to take it out and not put it back, steal it, whatever, you know, replacing a release, I have it tuned so perfectly to my exact shooting style that I don't know if I'd be able to get comfortable with a release right before a tournament. And then same goes with my sight. So that I think that's why I, I put those two up. Plus they're expensive, small items that you can easily fit in a carry-on. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, because most of them I just carry a backpack, so I just throw some small stuff in there, some waters and snacks and computer and, like I said, my binos, because binos aren't cheap, so. Oh, no, they are not. But, I mean, I I find that I'm pretty much guaranteed anytime I'm traveling to a, an archery tournament and flying, I have to give myself extra time to go through security because, without a doubt, I will get stopped by security for a pat down until they can inspect my bag. If I have my release or my sight or any archery accessories in my bag like that, they always stop me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I paid the extra money this last year to get TSA pre-approved. So you don't have to do a lot of that stuff. You don't have to take your, even your laptop out of your backpack. And I haven't been stopped at all. Really? With the See, stuff that I carry on. I have TSA pre-check, too, and even with pre-check, I get stopped every time. Hmm. I just apparently look dangerous. Yeah, you have that guilty look, I guess. <laughs> well, then I guess, are there, like, with all the traveling you've done to tournaments, are there any other tricks you've found either during, you know, the time you are traveling, whether it's driving or flying or finding accommodations? Is there any other trick that maybe someone who hasn't traveled to many tournaments would benefit from knowing that you can think of? Doing what? 
calling your credit card companies and telling them you're going to another state. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because I know a few people have showed up and tried to get money either out of the ATM sometimes even or just trying to buy lunch and they're declined because they're in another state. Yeah, that's definitely um, a good travel tip. And, yeah, like I said, it's, I don't know. To me, it's you got to make it work. Like, even for this next year in Vegas, I'm flying in after work and – so I'm not missing, like I said, as much vacation, but I'm just trying to think what else would help people travel. Just uh, like I said, find buddies that you could either rent a help share a rent a car with because a rent a car is not cheap, especially for a lot of these younger archers that are under the age of 25. It's tougher for them to rent a car. It's more expensive. Mm-hmm. So. One th- one trick I do have for yeah. renting a car is if you happen to be a member of USAA, because um, I've been a member of USAA through my dad, you have to have some family member in the military or you're in the military or someone um, who was in the military once related to you. But USAA and there's maybe a few other banks that might do it. Um, if you go through their rental car search feature, they actually – waive the cost for being under 25 because I had to rent a lot of cars for travel before I turned 25 but if I did it through USAA it waived the cost so I would I would just suggest check with your bank or any memberships you have a lot of like AAA or any other memberships oftentimes will waive those costs for you yeah that's a good idea there and like for us too it's I know you're traveling for tournaments but I know it's a job for some people, but you got to have fun, too. Like, we go to movies. We make sort of get ourselves a little itinerary of stuff we want to go do or what we have time for. And we try and make the most of it because, yeah, we are there to shoot our bows, but we're not just going to go sit around the rest of the day and stare at the wall or watch TV. We want to go do something. So we'll go for hikes, go watch a movie, go to the beach. There's a bunch of different stuff in these towns to go explore and do since you have the time after you're done shooting. Like putt-putt golf. Yep, putt-putt golf. (laughs) Yeah, and I I agree. If you're taking the time and spending the money to actually go to another city, another state, or even another country, you know, if you go to Nimes, if you're taking the time and money to do it, even if you don't have a ton of time to take off work, find a few hours before or after the tournament, you know, on, on your last day or the day you arrive to explore. I think that's an awesome tip. Yeah, like, I mean, I've been to Lancaster before, and I love the format, and to me it's just tough because it is in January in Pennsylvania, and the chances of bad weather keeping me there an extra day or two, and it's, to me, there's not a whole bunch to go do in wintertime there, so it's just, like, I love the format, I love the shoot, but it's just, until I get my indoor game back where I want it to be, yeah. I don't plan on going back there anytime soon until unless they moved it to like July, then it might be a little (laughs) nicer. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me of all the indoor tournaments, you know, Vegas is really no matter what level shooter you are, if it's, you know, your first month shooting a bow or you've been shooting for, you know, 25 years as a pro Vegas is going to be fun for anyone. Vegas is just that kind of tournament. 
And there's, like I said, there's stuff you could go do there. There's, it's a big town with a, it's a tourist town. There's a lot of stuff to go do. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for me, too, like, we're talking about traveling and whatnot. Um, uh, I like to hunt, too, so I got to plan a couple to save some vacation time for hunting, so... It's just, it's, you know, so I said, it's sort of a give and take on what tournaments I want to go to with my vacation schedule and hunting, because that's a big part of my life, too, especially if I draw a tag here in California. It's, you, know, you only get a week or two, so you got to at least try and have a few days to go hunting there if you draw a tag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like we were saying, most archers aren't full time professional archers, they have other other things they do in life as well. So finding that balance between tournaments, hunting, family vacations, or whatever else it is you want to do, um, and really, really budgeting. I, th I think that is one of the most important parts is knowing at the start of the year. I mean, tournament dates are posted a year in advance, you know, or, or at least months in advance. So you're going to know, you'll be able to look up what tournaments are when, put them on your calendar and say, okay, this is how much I need budgeted for this tournament and plan for it months ahead. Yeah. And even then, if you're like, you're going to a tournament you haven't gone to before, reach out to some people on Facebook. A lot of these guys you can message on Facebook and they'll be more than happy to answer any questions you have and find out Where's a good place to stay? Where's not a good place to stay? Because I've stayed at some places at tournaments that it's not the best part of town. It's dirty hotels. It's the list goes on, and you don't want to pay money for a dirty, nasty hotel if you don't have to. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then some tournaments, like what was it two years ago, 2016 NFA Outdoor Field Nationals, in you know this tiny little town in Washington, they don't have a ton of hotels and and Airbnb. So things like that, you also got to look. If it's a tournament in San Diego, like SoCal Showdown, there's quite a bit you know of of real estate in San Diego that you can rent. You look at these towns and you know these smaller towns and they're going to fill up fast. So really planning ahead and knowing months in advance, if you're going to attend that tournament, if it's in a small town or somewhere with a small population, get your places booked ASAP. Otherwise you're going to be looking at a 45, 60 minute drive to the tournament every day. Yeah. And that's another thing I look at too on traveling for tournaments is you got to find the closest airport. Well, some of these shoots you got to fly to, and then you got to drive three or four hours to get to. And to me, that's just sort of irritating in my books that you have to be so far away from a major airport. Yeah. Because that's how all these are going to get there. And then they got to rent a car and drive for another three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think really it, it all comes down to planning ahead. And then, um, because really, if you plan ahead when you're traveling to tournaments, you're going to get cheaper prices on car rentals, on hotels, on, on flights especially. Um, and then yeah. I like how you mentioned social media. Like if you don't know anyone that you could maybe room with, go on uh, go on an archery page on Facebook or something, whether it's Archery Talk or, or some other. And just if you're open to it, say, hey, I'm looking for a roommate. And, you know, I don't know of any archery serial killers so you're probably safe but <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, that's. I mean, all the people I stay with at first, I didn't know them, and then you just meet them at tournaments, and because everyone, after you're done shooting, everyone likes to go grab dinner or lunch together, and that's how you end up making more friends and finding other people to room with and whatnot. It's. I mean, it's. That's one thing nice about archery. Most everyone's really approachable, and most everyone's pretty friendly, so you can. I mean, most a lot of my friends are archers, and we talk all the time, even though they're in different states about different archery stuff, travel, how we're shooting, setups. Just there's always people out there that are just don't be scared to walk up and say hi to someone. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, well, I I think that about covers everything I can think of in terms of of travel and and going to tournaments out of state or out of country and um i appreciate you taking the time to share all your tips and experiences and hopefully maybe helping out some other archers with finding more budget-friendly ways to attend tournaments and then hopefully being able to attend more tournaments because of it yeah i haven't really been out of the country for tournaments yet so i can't help you there that's hopefully soon but I know some other people that do. Like, I I still need to get my passport renewed, so I'm not going out anytime soon. But like I said, an archery indoor World Cup I'd like to go to, or Nimes. There's a whole bunch of shoots I'd like to go to. It's just like you talked about. You got a budget and figure out what shoots you could go to. And to me, it's what my probability of doing well at also. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I went to one tournament out of the country i was living in san diego and drove down to tijuana to shoot in a tournament there but i don't think that really counts as like out of the country travel to a tournament because it was just a day trip (laughs) yeah all right well thanks again for taking the time to to do this and share your experiences and um hopefully i i see you at a tournament here soon yeah no problem well thanks for having me on here yeah, no, I appreciate it, and good luck with with your tournaments this year, and and hopefully I see you in what just a few months here. Yep, tournaments coming up soon. That's oh, for sure. Yeah. 